greatly to be praised, and there's none like him in all of the earth. And the, and the songs say, and all will see. I mean everything that's living will see how great is our God. And he's been great in our lives, and we bless the Lord today. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Praise God. You know, this is Memorial Day. And, and you know, I don't, I can't, it just doesn't resonate to say happy Memorial Day. Because there's pain and there's memories that go along with Memorial Day. Um, I, I'd rather say have a blessed, safe Memorial Day. A time of reflection. Uh, on this day and so we have a video we're going to share today and uh, as it relates to Memorial Day that we'll just kind of get our hearts and our minds around this day it's so hard for so many on today I was talking to uh, brother Esau's new wife on last night and she was talking about how her father his leg was blown off in Vietnam but he died of COVID in 2020 and yet, you know, she was yet praising God, but but uh, there's a sting there for her. And so we have this uh, video. We're gonna uh, we'll we'll dim the lights, hit the video. Then, uh, in this case, not Elder Herrera, but Sergeant Herrera. He's gonna come up after and have a few words of what Memorial Day uh, means to him and as it relates to this video. God bless you. good enough to them. Not really, we can't be. Because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers, they gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. Some of you who don't know me, 
My name is uh, Joseph Herrera. Uh, I've been in the military for 23 years. I was a sergeant, like Pastor had said. I was a ranger, special forces. I served with special forces. I did five tours. So I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. But uh, I guess I survived, or God let me survive to tell you that it's an ugly thing. Very ugly thing. But as the president said, it's odd that we celebrate those who have died. And we never have, um, it's not quite enough, well, they're boys when they died, they were. But why did they die for us, is the question. Because God gave us those guys. And now women are dying. So, at the end of the, of, the, of the video, it gave us John fifteen thirteen. They died for that. No greater love. But for you, not just because they died for us, but in that verse that we love each other daily treat each other with love and respect that's why they died to help each other give each other a helping hand not just for mom's beans and tortillas and hot chili But so you can have those things, yes, but to love your husband and wives, your mom, your son. A little bit better. Okie dokes. Amen. Amen. Haven't heard okie doke in a while, but I think that's that's consistent with amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Joe, uh, for sharing for sharing your heart, and thank you for your service uh, in the military. Praise the Lord. I, I I thank God for the time I was able to spend in in the military and during the Vietnam era, and I just and I've, I've said it before, but I just always kind of reflect on. During that time, how, you know, all through the night, you would hear taps playing <clears throat> because someone else has paid the ultimate sacrifice, you know. And as a young man, at first, I didn't really, you know, just get in, into the into Southeast Asia and all this going on. It didn't really have an effect on me right away. But as I was there and it began to soak in what was going on, it became heavy on my heart. I thank God only I don't have any post-traumatic stress syndrome or nothing from that because when I went to the VA and I mentioned, yeah, November, 
you know, of um, 74 is when the POWs came home. And, and she said, you remember that? Like, yeah, I, re I remember that. But in her mind, she's seen so many people that has been wounded in so many ways. But I say, I thank God, ma'am, that's not me. And, uh, but I praise God. And so we, we do recognize, we do recognize all of those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us that we might have freedom. Isn't it something our Power Hour lesson this morning was talking about freedom, freedom in Christ, no longer bound, we're free in Christ. I thank God that we, we have a living relationship with the God of the universe. We, we, we're not a bunch of religious zealots running around here with our religion, but we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that has freed us from the bondage of sin and shame, and I am so grateful today. I'm so grateful. There's nothing I have to do. I don't have to come to church. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. But I do those things because I want to. Because it's his word that has freed me up. And we're going to see it. And so many have gone on the other side that have left a legacy for all of us to know that there's something greater than what we're seeing right now. Amen. Praise God. So Memorial Day. I'm going to talk today. I want to try to make, uh, kind of tie this in, uh, a living memorial. A living memorial. Because we know Memorial Day was formerly known as uh, 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 Decoration Day. Where, you know, and I remember, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have a memory. And it's good to know where you came from. But, you know, also it's good sometimes to reflect on things that you didn't do so well because it'll help you do better. So before I came to know Christ and I was an alcoholic at a young age, I was down in Oklahoma and it was a, about a year before my mother, my grandmother passed, my father's mother. And here I was a young man out of the military, just really didn't have a direction. And so it was Memorial Day weekend and my grandmother, she wanted to uh, uh, show me all of the grave sites for the families that have passed away. Now, mind you, yours truly was a young drunk. And she took me to the cemetery, and she showed me places where graves were sunk in, places where there was no headstones, those that was next to a tree. And, uh, you know, I, had, I was, had some money in my pocket, and you have to pay $5 on that weekend to, you know, decorate the graves. And, and I say, Mom, I'll, I'll, pay, I, you know, I'll pay for it. She said, no, this is going to be my last time. I said, wow. But you know what happened is, it's a sad story. I didn't remember anything. I didn't remember all that she had shown me. When I came to know Christ, that kind of hurt me. Because I wasn't in a mindset to really understand the magnitude of what she was trying to show me of family from time past. But I've learned from that. <clears throat> I've learned that it's a very sacred time. It's a, it's a time of, of, of a somber time, a time to reflect uh, not on, only on our military who, uh, who have given the ultimate sacrifice, but I'm talking about the soldiers in the army of the Lord. Who has who lived a life for Jesus Christ, and have and they, and they 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 stood in they they stood in faith, and and they trusted God, and they showed the younger generation the way, 
And, and that's so very important. So, so formerly known as Decoration Day, each year on the last Monday of, of May, Americans celebrate Memorial Day, and it's more than just those ribs and hot dogs on the, on the barbecue pit. And I'm one for talking. I got some baby backs already thawed out and seasoned at home. But that's, that, that's, that's part and parcel, though, of the bigger picture. See, Memorial Day is a federal holiday that honors and mourns American military personnel who died while performing their duties in service to the United States Armed Forces. What a blessing. So a memorial, a memorial is serving to preserve, right, uh, 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 something that keeps remembrance alive, you know. Because if we forget the past, we won't know how to proceed in the future. We thank God for all of those pioneers that has gone before us. But I want to talk today about a living memorial. I'm going to, we want to look at Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse 6 through 13. And I probably should give a little backstory, but let, let, I'm going to read the passages first, and, and then we'll it kind of get into place. And we won't be before you long, but uh, on this Memorial Day, I thought this was befitting because there are uh, uh, numerous places in Scripture where memorials were set up, something for the people to remember. See, and you know, Brother Mike, I don't want to forget what God has done for me. You know, he... He's done great things in my life, and I thank God for that. So verse 6 of Matthew 26 says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flax of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head, and he sat at the table, as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, when his followers saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for, for much and given to the poor. <clears throat> but when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring the fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Verse 13, Assuredly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial for her. I think that's important. Jesus saw that to be important. That we in 2022 would be reminded that there was a woman who was so in tune with the Lord and so in love with the Lord that, that the Spirit of God, no doubt, had revealed to her that Jesus was in his last days and she wanted to do something for him. And money was no issue. But, you know, if you look at the first part of this, because just as sure as there's good in the world, there, there's evil in the world. Just as sure as you're going about doing what God has called you to do, there's somebody who's trying to tear you down. Trying to tear up the kingdom of God. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm just going to back up a little backstory real quick from chapter 26, verse 1 through uh, 5. <clears throat> now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, you know. That after two days is the Passover. 
and the Son of Man will be delivered to be crucified. He was talking about himself, the Son of Man, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ. He said, you know, they, they've heard this. But sometimes we hear and we still don't kind of internalize what's really going on, what it is that we heard. <clears throat> listen, listen, now listen to this. In verse 3, then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders, all of the religious folks of of, uh, of the temple, of, the, of Judaism, of the people assembled at the place, at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. <clears throat> and listen to what they were doing, the, rel- <laughs> the religious folk. <clears throat> and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. By trickery and kill him? The Messiah? <clears throat> But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. <laughs> so, so we don't want the folks to get all upset here, but we'll, we'll kill him after the feast. <clears throat> how, how, how terrible is that? <clears throat> how wicked is that? How cruel is that? <clears throat> You're talking about, they're talking about killing the one who rose Lazarus from the dead. They're talking about killing the one who gave sight to blind Bartimaeus. They're talking about killing the one who sat in the temple and talked to them as one with authority when he was 12 years old. <coughs> Excuse me, allergies. So y'all pray for me that I get through this because I was sitting over there. I didn't want to sing too loud. Since Caroline, I feel like just singing my little heart out. I said, <clears throat> I better save a little bit of my throat here. So y'all pray for me. So, so, so again, this passage, when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, Leprosy was a bad thing in those days. <clears throat> and if you had leprosy, you had to scream uh, unclean. You know, everybody knows stay away from you because it was so contagious. But no doubt, at some point, Jesus had healed Simon. Because they were in Simon's house and they was having fellowship. Can you imagine? Jesus know he's going to the cross. But he's got time to fellowship. He's got time to break bread with his friends. He, he's... Another opportunity for this leper to, to remember, uh, see, is memorializing his mind what does Jesus have done for him. He's no longer saying unclean. He's sitting up there in the house. He probably passing, passing plates and stuff, and ain't nobody like, uh-uh, he got the cooties. None of that. Because when the Lord healed you, you healed. When he cleanses, you cleanse. So they were in, in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, and a woman, you know, I, I, time won't allow me to get, but John 12 kind of, this kind of, you know, scholars are even wrestling, it's the same uh, scenario, but uh, in John 12 it referred to uh, the woman as Mary, uh, 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 the, the, the sister of Lazarus, but, but for the sake of the scripture at hand, a woman came to him having an alabaster flax of very costly fragrant oil. This, this was so expensive that it was uh, about worth of a year's wages in those days. <clears throat> so whether you make 10000 a year, 50000 a year, or 100000 a year, if you have something equivalent to your, to your one year, but you don't mind Pour it on Jesus. Because he's worthy. He's worthy of it all. Because, because, see, because he live, I live. See, 
And, and so, so she, she, the Bible says she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples, the followers of Christ, saw it, they were indignant. Saying, now John 12 says it was Judas, the main one, who got everybody else stirred up. Oh, anyway, he was in, saying, why this waste? Why are you wasting this expensive uh, uh, perfume fragrance on him? Wow. <clears throat> These were followers. These were the disciples. For the fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. They said, man, we could use that money and give to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? Because, mind you, they read it on the woman. It's her oil. She can do with it whatever she wants to do. But if, if it over in John 12 again, but it says that, that Judas, the main one, was a thief from the jump. And that he, he not only was, was over the treasury, but he was skimming off the top. So now he was probably figuring, you know what, we, you know what we, if this could be sold for a year's wages, I can get my 10%, you know. So what? None of this kind of stuff should ever be mentioned amongst the people of God. But so, but for the frame roll might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, "Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me." Now, Jones, I imagine they stopped. Like what? <clears throat> what? What is she? What is she's done? For you have the poor with you always. Jesus wasn't saying this in a cavalier fashion about the poor. He wasn't saying, he wasn't saying, oh, they're gonna be all the, they're gonna be poor all the time. No, but he was saying this is a special thing. This is something that's gonna go down in history. There's some things that's happening around uh, disciples of mine that you don't see. I've told you already that you already know that the Son of Man is gonna be crucified. And raised on the third day. This woman, see, sometimes we we looking for the sometimes we looking at folks to reveal things to us, and God has said, I'll, "I'll if you listen to me, I'll show you what's going on. I'll tell you how to deal with these things. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring the, this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Okay, how strong is that? We know that everybody's gonna die." The death rate is one per person. You you don't get out of here alive, right? Ain't nobody rushing it, but that's just a fact. But look at the strength of Jesus. He's saying she's doing this for my burial. He's he's looking at death in the face, and he's ready to go and he's ready to die for you and I. And and so, in verse twelve, say, for in Pouring the fragrant oil on my body. She did it for my burial. It tells me that she understood what was happening. And assuredly, verse 13, I say to you, wherever this gospel is, this gospel being preached today, by little old me, a country boy from Oakmugge, Oklahoma. You know. But... Wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, somebody else over in Timbuktu might be preaching it today. What this woman has done will also will 
will also be told as a, as a memorial to her. I'm talking about a living memorial. We're going to see how this plays out. There's, a, there's another place in scripture where uh, uh, there is so many. But let's look at Joshua chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. You know, Moses is dead. God has placed uh, his successor, Joshua, in charge. God's promise is still valid, is still in vogue, that he's going to bring his people into the promised land. They're going to cross over the Jordan River, and they're going to enter the land of Canaan, and they're going to have all of the blessings that God had promised to Abraham and through Moses and to all of those patriarchs. And so, so now they're at the brink of stepping over. Verse 4, then Joshua called the 12 men who had been appointed from the children of Israel. You know, there was 12 tribes, one from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, the Jordan River. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. So it must not be a little pebble. Couldn't have been one of those rocks that remember he's up there up, up north skipping rocks in the, in the little water. <laughs> now, because the, evidently these these rocks that they picked, these stones they picked up was heavy. You had to put it on your shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask you. Hello, somebody. Our children go ask us some questions. You know, mom, dad. Who is God? Mom, Dad, what, what is this thing called prayer? Mom, Dad, why were you always on your knees? Mom, Dad, you know, <coughs> why were you in that church with your hands up? It says, And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan River were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord <coughs> Excuse me, when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones, listen to this, shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel, how long? Forever. See? We, we remember Moses at the Red Sea. But also, there's a memorial that we remember the children of Israel at the Jordan River. Because the God we serve, that great and awesome God that we were singing about, he dried up the Jordan River. And so I, I say, you know what? I, in that same chapter, since we understand that uh, the children are going to ask and uh, about what these stones mean, I had to jump down, Brother Witherspoon, to verse 21 through 24. <clears throat> it's a lot happening there, but time won't allow. It says, then the people, that, excuse me, then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children, here it is again, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? Mm. See, and they're going to learn about the stone that the builders rejected. <clears throat> When you shall, excuse me, then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over the Jordan on dry land. See, just in it, it didn't say everybody in the world 
crossed over the Jordan on dry land, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, who he had chose for a specific person to show his glory to the world, they walked across right. on dry land. For the Lord, verse 23, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, until the last one crossed over, it was dry. <clears throat> As the Lord God your did, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until he had crossed over. Listen at this. Then all the peoples of the earth may know. Let me say that again. All of the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord, your God, forever. You're talking about a living memorial. Raise up your, somebody raise up your Bible. A living memorial. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. All right. So let me get back to my pastor. We're going to roll through here. But this is is pretty awesome to me on this Memorial Day. So so living memorial, we, we we are living witnesses of the grace of God. As children of God. Anybody in here have have your life been changed since you came to know Jesus? Let me ask that. If you're in the house, let me hear you say hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me see you wave your hand. See, I just want to know who I'm talking to because this is this is good stuff. And so if you don't know the Lord, guess what? It's time to come to know him because you can walk through your troubles on dry ground, through that troubled water that this world can bring to us. Let me get back over here. <clears throat> In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, in, in this version, New King James, it says, you are our epistle written in our hearts. Um, an epistle is a, a letter. Uh, Paul and Peter, James, different ones, they wrote letters to various churches and to different people at different times. So the word epistle is a letter. A living memorial is what we are today. He said, you are our epistle written in our hearts. So this, this, this man, Paul, who God had raised up and showed him great and mighty things and his plan for man and for salvation and freedom in Christ and deliverance, he's taken, he's taken joy in seeing the fruit of his labor. You know, you know fruit of you know what fruit of labor is, right? You work forty hours a week, and you get that paycheck. That's the fruit of your labor. You say now nah, that's because if you work forty hours and you go to the man and he says, "I'm sorry, we out of money this week." <laughs> no, no, no. I need some fruit from my labor. You gonna have to figure something out here, brother. PayPal, Zelle, GoFundMe, something. We. We're going to need some money because I've been working. <clears throat> so he said, the writer said, you are, you are our letter. You are epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. I'm talking about living uh, uh, memorials. It's saying that we are, 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 are read by all men. When you come to know Christ and you profess out of your mouth that I'm a Christian, people are watching you. He says, clearly you are an epistle of Christ. You are a letter of Christ. 
I don't know about you, but I want to see, I want to have some similitude of Christ in my life. I, you know, I, will, I, will, I don't try to live for folk, but I, I want to live in such a way to please God that somebody may recognize that man loves God. It, it says, clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, written this letter that who you are is not written with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. This is 98.8. That is of the heart. Isn't that something? We are living memorials. He says in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10, <clears throat> but we, y'all hear me say we. It's talking about the church. It's talking about the called out ones. It's talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about those who have placed their faith, their hope, and trust in Jesus and whose names is now written in the Lamb's book of life and you've been endowed with the Holy Spirit and joy bells is ringing down in your soul. He says, you, he, he said, but, you, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have a treasure in, in these bodies that we live in that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Isn't it good to know that the power that we operate in is from the Lord and not from us? I wouldn't know what to do with power if I had it. But I can call on the name of Jesus. I can lay hands on the sick. I can visit the homeless. I can pray with folks. I can tell them about the goodness of the Lord because I'm a living memorial. <clears throat> But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Listen to this. We are hard pressed on every side. I don't know about y'all, but I hate to even say this. I put $153 in my truck the other day. And it used to be $89. How did I bring that up in this message? We are hard pressed <laughs> on every side. <laughs> Thank you, God. Uh, Yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Look at the things that's going on around us. If you want some good news, you better turn off the TV. You ain't going to find it there. Those precious babies that were shot down into school. A father was so grieved that his, a man was so grieved his wife was killed. And he died of a heart attack and they left four kids. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you the word is saying us today. Yes, God is aware this stuff is going on, but it ain't the end of the story. Thank you. It says, always carried about in the body. Carried about in the body. The dying of our Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Isn't that something? We're living memorials to the glory of God because people are hurting, people are going through, people are seeing situations they don't know what to do, but we have this treasure in these earthen vessels that we can let them know that Jesus loves you. He can turn your life around. You can live eternity in eternity with him and not only in the great vine by, but you can be blessed right now. 
You can be blessed when you come in. You can be blessed when you go out. You, you, can, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have help that you never thought of before because of this man, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men. Matthew 5 and 16. Why? He didn't say, make your light shine. Oh, I got to go around and show y'all how holy I am. Hello, get, get on out of here. Stay out. <coughs> but he said, let your light shine. Just let it shine. Let it shine, shine, shine. Let it shine. Remember those up? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It said, everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. <coughs> Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. We're not doing anything to be get an attaboy from anybody. But we're trying to do what's right that somebody will see there's something different. This is not the average run-of-the-mill Joe. <laughs> you know, not to, you know what I mean. Just Joe, not you in particular. Just a general old Joe, right? But but that but that there's something that's happening. Have any? Let, let me ask this: A poll of, of Christians is in this room. Have anybody ever came up to you out of the blue and say, "Are you a Christian?" Anybody ever had that experience? And you say, "Well, what made them say that?" It must be because you're letting your light shine. It must be that you're not trying to put a spotlight on yourself. It's not that you're trying to be somebody looking down on other people, but you're just walking in the spirit of Christ, and it's manifest. It's showing. And some of those same people will come to you in time of chaos and ask you to pray for them. Why? Because they evidently see that this man, this woman, this boy, this girl is walking with the Lord. And people are in need. So we are living memorials on today. So look, I'm reminded of Revelation 1 and 18. I'm going to close this out. You know, Jesus said, he said, I am the one who was alive. He said, and and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. He says, amen. and And he said, I have the keys of hell and death. Okay, so that tells me we don't leave Jesus on the cross. We don't leave Jesus in the tomb. But where we do leave him is in our heart. Because he say, I was I'm the one who was graveyard dead. Matter of fact, before he was before he was crucified, Jesus said, Listen, fellas, no one take my life. He said, But I lay it down. And not only do I lay it down, but I have the power to pick it up again. Who can say that but God? He said, I'm he that was that, that is alive and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I got the keys of death held in the grave, and I guess what? I'm saying in my heart, I'm going to follow him. Because yes. everybody else, I don't care how rich they've been, they died, they still dead. But Jesus is alive forevermore. And so as, as these living, as these as this living memorials that we are, I was reflecting on this morning, and I'm going to sit down. But I thought about those, those soldiers who, have, who, have, who lived a life for Christ. 
I was singing this morning, Sister Carolina, by Sister Linda Galaz. I'm talking about a tough sweetheart. She was just as sweet as me, but she was tough. And I remember on her bed with affliction, one thing she wanted was all of her family to be there, and they had shot glasses of tequila. I said, now, Linda, that's where I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm just saying for me, you know. <laughs> because, see, I know where I came from, you know. But, but I remember her. I, I thought about Pastor Ralph. Who, who, whose legacy lives on, who, 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 who have placed in so many to be that living memorial. Brother Larry, he wouldn't mind me saying, he's not here, they down in Texas somewhere. But he, in his prayers, he always remembered how Pastor Ralph was so instrumental in his life. And I mean, he remembered that when he didn't know how to pray, he didn't know what it meant to live for God. And now he, he's, he's talking, he's praying every morning at 6 o'clock. He, he's, he's picking up furniture and he's doing this and that, helping folks. He's a deacon at the church. God is blessing that man. And he attributed when, when that warrior, when that soldier, Ralph Velasquez, not only was in the army, but in the army of the Lord, pulled up next to him at three Ps and began to talk to Larry. And, and, and Larry began, he began to reel Larry in. And now Larry's a pillar in the house of God. I remember Sister Sapati Marie to you. Oh, God. Amen. Our precious baby, uh, Brother Ben and Sister Geraldine's daughter, how that precious 22-year-old went on to be with the Lord. But she said, you know what? Look on the bright side. Yes. I'm going to close my eyes here. I'm going to wake up in heaven. I'm talking about living memorials today. We are living memorials today. Thinking about Sister Deborah Ogin. Ooh, no, I'm talking about I, we would have fun together. If we were in person or if we was on Zoom, we would have some fun. She said, I know that's the pastor. Yep. Yeah, we, we were just poking pride one another. And what a precious sister. And mom and dad rolled on. Even not knowing, you know, English not being their they, of the uh, first language, but mom and dad would come into the house of the Lord and would praise the Lord and smile and clap their hands and, and, and locked in to Jesus. Hallelujah. Living memorial. Now, they may be gone on the other side, but we're still living. And see, when I begin to think about it, then if, if, if for me to drive home the point, I just got to talk about me because I was, a, I was dead. See, I was sinking deep in sin, far, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Thank you, God. We're living memorials. Saints, understand that you are a, a, a living memorial. You're carrying the word of God. You're walking in the love of Jesus. You're letting your light shine that the world may see. What makes you tick, Jesus? How do you do what you're doing? The power of the Holy Spirit. Everything is going crazy around you. Why are you sitting here in peace? Because he told me, don't worry. He's got it all under control. He said, don't take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow got enough trouble of its own. But right now, in this present time, I'm going to trust the Lord. And that ain't, that ain't listen, I'm just being real. Because sometimes the load gets heavy. The road gets rough. And the hills are hard to climb. 
But when I put my hope in Jesus, he carries me on through. Them, them footprints on the beach, but well, they weren't mine. That one set of that was Jesus carrying this old six foot three, 70 year old man to a safe place. Praise the Lord. So God bless you all. Amen. A blessed Memorial Day. Pastor Jones, so glad to see you back.